Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here is Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hey, happy Saturday. You are in the thick of it. We oh, are. Yes. Man. What are we, a month out? Yes. Or something? Yeah. It's We're close. We it's really close. close. It's uh, the, the stacks are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and you had mentioned last week that that President's Day kind of uh, idea, President's Day is when people start to turn stuff in. Yes. That was no joke. It was no joke. Um, literally, uh, it was nonstop, you know, people showing up, dropping stuff off. Um, Just a turnstile yep. of people. And Just, I know... Um, <laughs> Uh, Heidi Glaus, my my cohort in the afternoons during the week, she said she dropped stuff <laughs> off at your office uh, last week, yeah. and uh, the the woman at the desk said, "And how did you hear <laughs> about us, young lady?" She thought that was pretty pretty funny. It was funny good. comment. It, it was, was pretty good. good. Of course, <laughs> we heard about Jeff through uh, both our radio show. We mentioned you in the afternoon. Jennifer and Wendy mentions yes. you. Uh, throughout the week, every day, and here on the weekends, Keep What's Yours, the radio show that talks taxes. And we want to remind people it's not just April 15th, or in this case, this year, April 18th. Oh, 18th yes. Taxes is not just a one-time-a-year thing. Yes. It is a ongoing conversation that you have with both your tax person, in this case, Jeff Zufall. Yes. Your financial planner, in this case, Jeff Zufall. Yes. <laughs> You're both of them. Yes. Uh, which is handy. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And it's a conversation you have with yourself, your spouse, and your paycheck. Yes. Every time I get paid, we just got paid on Friday. I need to look at that thing and say, am I doing enough? Exactly. Do I have enough to get through the next two weeks, mm-hmm. save a little bit of money, contribute to my 401k, contribute exactly. to my Roth? And if there's anything left over, do I spend it on candy or do I put more in somewhere else? Depends on what kind of candy you're buying. So. <laughs> well, this time of year, especially for you, who's in the thick of it, you might need a little candy to get you through the day. There's a giant jar of M&M's. I mean, it's like a five-pound thing of M&M's. And I go buy it once a day, take a handful. I really shouldn't, but I do. Yeah. And it's pretty good stuff. Is so. it plain M&M's or you yeah, got the just, peanut? Just plain I, M&M's. I think that they should... They should mix in all the different ones. That would be so kind of cool. Plain peanut, peanut butter, <laughs> uh, the ones with the pretzels in them. Have yes. you had those? Oh, yeah. Leave the yeah. mint ones out. No, though. mints are little. That's weird. Yeah. It just doesn't go with an M&M. It doesn't. I, I, I agree. Uh, but Jeff is in the thick of it, so uh, any good tidings you can send his way, uh, mail the candy to yes. uh, Capital <laughs> Advisory Group out there in Ellisville. Now, what is the benefit of having your tax person also be your financial advisor. I know the answer to this because you are both. Yes. For me and our conversations that we have once a quarter, we talk taxes and we talk, am I keeping enough? 
What does my retirement outlook look like? You know, again, you'd like to joke. I hope you're joking that I'm not going to be able to retire <laughs> until I'm 70. Sort of. But <laughs> every time we have a conversation, you have all of that encompassed in your head. Yes. Not only are we talking taxes, but you can talk to me about taxes through the lens of Josh, when do you realistically want to retire? So exactly. you give me the spiel. Why is it important to have your tax guy also be your financial planner? So uh, most, and no offense to any of the reps out there, they're, they're very knowledgeable. They know what they're doing. The problem is when it gets to the tax angle, they can talk generics, but they can't say, hey, this is exactly what it's going to cost you. Um, whereas us as the advisor and the tax advisor, when we start talking that, I can press a couple buttons and go, hey, here's the number it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And this is how we work around it. And it's that simple. Because everything that you do in your financial life will end up on your tax return, just a matter of when. At some point, yes. if we sock away pre-tax dollars in our traditional IRA, mm-hmm. when I go to take it out, I have to pay taxes pay tax. on it. You know, well, The question say, is, when do you convert that to a Roth possibly? Right. So, most people can talk generically, but again, at the end of the day, does it hurt you? Does it help you? And if I don't can convert it to Roth and I do, I am forced to take it out at yeah. 72 or maybe when I get to that age, it'll be 75 or 75. Yes. Hopefully. <laughs> when that's that RMD, required yes. minimum distribution. The government says, you've, you've hung on to this money tax-free for long enough. Mm-hmm. We've got stuff to pay for. Yeah. Uh, give us our money. Um if I'm not prepared for that. Oh, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. And number one, it's painful. Number two, I think I got a million dollars in there. I don't. You don't. What, what do I realistically have in there? Well, it's up to me. Exactly. On how I go to take it out. Because mm-hmm. if I take out too much, I'm paying way more taxes than I, than I legally than need are to. obligated to. <laughs> so the whole idea is you have a plan to save it. You need to have a plan for the distribution part. Exactly. That's the second half of it. So accumulation is the first part. That's basically packing the money away, trying to get you know your account balances high enough to where you like what you see. And then the flip side is the distribution side of it. And then how do you do that tax efficiently as you go forward? And that's the question of the day. And it's one of these things where it's like, well, what is, what is my tax liability for my million-dollar uh, IRA? The answer is depends. Totally depends. Depends if you're married, you're married filing jointly. Um, if you're single, um, how much money your spouse makes, you know, all that fun stuff. What your social security looks like. Do you, do you have a real pension? Um, all those, all those factors come into play. I mean, if I took it out all at once, we're looking at what, like 40%? Oh, yeah. Every bit of 40% plus. Plus. So, yeah. And so, well, and I don't want to do that. You no. know, I don't want to give half of it to the government. Exactly. But if I took, you know, uh, $20,000 out a year, well, That's then different. I'm, you know, I'm not being able to use my money that I spent years saving. Well, so you look at it twofold. It's a withdrawal rate <clears throat> as you go forward. Um, and then you're, you're trying to play that withdrawal rate versus your other income or your other income sources to put them all together to tax bracket plan as you go forward to yeah. say, hey, with my Social Security, with my pension, um, with this money coming from my IRA, Will I stay, you know, in a 24% tax bracket? Could I stay in a 12% tax bracket? And that's the question that the math has to be applied to it as you go forward. You play the game. Mm-hmm. And you you are saving it pre-tax now saying, well, hopefully when I go to take it out, I'm in a lower tax bracket. 
Well, at some point you have to exactly look at the reality and say, am I in that lower tax yeah. bracket? Did I play the game correctly? Yes. And uh, you and me, well, not you, uh, <laughs> you metaphorically, the people listening, yes. you and me, we can't <clears throat> do that because we don't know the math. But Jeff does. Exactly. Exactly. So we plug it into a piece of software that tells us, you know, what are your odds of success going forward? Um, and then you take those numbers and put it into a tax return and say, here's the tax that you owe mm-hmm. as you go forward. The devil we know versus the devil we don't. Yes. You know, if <laughs> five, 10, 15 years uh, leading up to my planned retirement, you know, maybe I do start converting to Roth. So at exactly. least I know I've got it yeah. out of the way. And, and the, the theory today is that if you're high income, the peak earnings possibility today. So we'll say you're at a 24% tax bracket today. That's what you're deferring money at. So hopefully when you get out to retirement, if you could come down to a 12% tax bracket. Now, again, most people will say, hey, I want exactly what I'm, what I'm earning today. I want that in retirement. And in some cases, you do need that. And in other cases, you don't. Yeah. Just depends upon what your lifestyle is like. If you go to retire and for some reason you're in the 30% tax bracket, though, then you played the game wrong. Yes, you, you're doing okay, but you're still right. it's wrong. It's, it's wrong. So uh, you just have to figure this stuff out, and yeah. it, it it really boils down uh, yearly. Uh, uh, what are we looking at? And exactly. you know, let's get a 5, 10, 15-year yeah. plan. But it really boils down to every time you get paid because yeah. that, that That's is income. Little increments at a time. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking at. So, you know, you might not want to take a micro look at it like that. And every time you get paid, have, you know, new numbers in your head. (laughs) But technically, that's what's happening. It's it's going on the ticker. So uh, you might want to say, well, I'm going to put everything in a Roth and pay the taxes now and and not have to worry about it. Uh, And that's that's cool, too. But Jeff always tells us you want to have different buckets of money. Exactly. You want the bucket, the bucket concept, which is taxable, tax deferred, tax free. So the taxable is just regular everyday brokerage accounts, but you have access to it. You'll pay interest income, dividend income, possible capital gain, capital loss, um, but you have access to it. Tax deferred is your IRAs, your 401ks, stuff that you're going to take a tax deduction for today, put it in, it's going to grow tax deferred, and you technically can't get it until you're over 59 and a half. And typically, we'll pay tax on it at a later date. Yep. And then tax-free is your Roth. There, the game is played. The rules are made by yes. the government. Uh, and Jeff is your referee. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, technically, he's the coach and the referee. And uh, he'll call all the balls and strikes. And you say, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And he'll tell you if that's even possible. Yeah. Uh, but the last thing you want to do is go in at 65 and say, I want to do X, Y, and Z and have Jeff tell you, well, it's too late for that now. Not so much. It's not too late, but you don't have any options. Most people we will see, they come in and all they have is a tax deferred bucket and that's it. And they have millions in there. That's your 401k, but that's the only savings that they have. Yeah. So there, there is no option in a sense other than to take that money out, convert it to a Roth, but it takes time to do that as you go forward. So. Yeah, because you can't, again, you can't take too much out or else yeah. you're, you're now you're paying 40% plus taxes. Exactly. And the odds are down the road, way down the road, taxes are going to go up. Um, anybody that looks at the landscape today and goes, hey, taxes are probably go down in the future, um, needs to look a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. The dollars they, they that need have, to take a look at our, our national deficit. Exactly. The <laughs> dollars that have been spent by both parties in the last four years is just astonishing. Unheard. We did yeah. go through a pandemic. You know, some of that stuff really helped to keep sure. us sure. afloat. Exactly. But it still was. Still dollars that were borrowing against <laughs> borrowing. So uh, they're probably going to raise taxes at some point. So. Maybe you should uh, keep that in mind when, yes. you're, when you're looking at uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, in my case, 40 years down mm-hmm. the road. Um, <laughs> 43. <all right>. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, Jeff, he's got me pegged. You're I'm, 74 now. <laughs> yeah, I'm retiring at 83. Um, let's go to commercial break, but when we come back, big news about banks. Mm-hmm. And Jeff's going to explain it to us. I heard you talk to Jennifer and Wendy through the week about it. And I was like, ooh, let's do that again on the weekend. Sure. Just in case people weren't able to listen to it. It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall, the name of the book, the name of the show. Jeff's got a book called Keep What's Yours. You can go to the website, capitaladvisorygrp.com, and click on the button. Give me my free book. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in life is free except a book from a book. Jeff. That's right. <laughs> from Jeff Zufall with the idea that it's little bite-sized information in here. And uh, you say, well, that's good. Or, hey, you know, page 53, that doesn't pertain to me. Mm-hmm. Well, then go on to page 54. Exactly. Uh, some of this stuff pertains to us. Dog ear the pages, bring Jeff's book into Jeff and say, I want to take advantage of some of these things. Yes. Because there are things out there for us to take advantage. There are things out there that we can even wrap our heads around. You know, I'm wrapping my head around the FSA that you yeah. set us up with. Yeah. It's keeping me 1200 bucks in my pocket that I would have otherwise had to spend on my son's daycare anyway. Um, so money that I had to spend, I get to keep 1200 of it now, mm-hmm. and the federal government's fine with it. I can wrap my head around these concepts, Jeff, little by little, but enacting them in my plan. Exactly. Getting them to come out of my paycheck, getting them to go into the buckets that they need to go, I don't necessarily know how to do all that yeah. stuff. So the idea is we tell you that there are things out there. You go and see Jeff, and he gets it going into your financial plan. And then he tells you, looks at your stuff and says, actually, there's you know X, Y, and Z more we can be doing exactly. as well. That's the point. That's the reason why we're here, keeping more of our money on our paychecks, in our pocket, in our retirement accounts, right. <laughs> and less going out to taxes to the federal government. That's the name of the game. Give Jeff a call, 636 636- Three nine four five five two four. Visit them at capitaladvisorygrp.com on the website and the buildings in Ellisville. And there's a big bucket of M and M's. Yes, <laughs> waiting for you. you Got to hurry though. I'm gonna eat them all. For yeah, us. <laughs> get some of those uh, pretzel M and M's in there. They're pretty good. You should. We'll mm-hmm. go to commercial break. Talking banks on the other side of this. What's a good old fashioned bank? I don't have your money. It's in Fred's house and Bill's house. You know, how did how did the savings and loan go belly up on uh, It's a Wonderful Life? How yeah. did uh, the Silicon Valley Bank go belly up this past week? We'll talk to Jeff about that. Keep what's yours on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufall. My question, Jeff, for you is banks run on them. 
what is going on? Uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And then, uh, what is it, Signature? Signature Bank out of New York. Signature Bank in New York. You know, you said classic. You talked to Jennifer and Wendy during the week. You said a classic run on the bank. This is it's uh, SVB, which is Silicon Valley Bank, was a classic run on the bank. Now, again, if you back up, the Fed stress tests these banks from every angle. But what they don't really explain is, hey, an old-fashioned run on a bank like in the 20s and 30s can happen, can happen at any point in time. So what took, basically took place was 97% of the deposits at SVB were uninsured deposits. And what that means is they're greater than $250,000. Okay, that's FDIC up so, to $250,000 yeah. for you and me. That's yeah. for, for, the, for I said good. The, the common folk. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have that in yeah, there right you're, now. You're good for two fifty. Um, and and FDIC, FDIC steps in. It's happened many times. Two thousand eight, there was a bunch. Um, there's been a random bank here or there that went down, didn't even realize it. <clears throat> Seriously, uh, FDIC would slide in on a Friday night, take them over. Saturday morning, they were a brand new bank. They'd fund it and just business as usual. This SVB was a little different, <clears throat> and the reason being is they catered to the tech sector. High and dollar startup. amount. So yeah. our buddy, we talk about him all the time, Peter Thiel, who started PayPal. The PayPal guy. He's, he's he got was, a Roth IRA that he figured <laughs> out how to get $5 billion tax-free. Well, part of his Roth might have been in that bank Uh-oh. because he was one of the first ones that was able to reach in, and they say he took something to the tune of $135 million out of that bank. And had it wired out. Which, yeah, a bank can't really, you know, let's let's go back for a second and talk <laughs> about what a bank is. It's not really I bring $10,000 to deposit and it sits there the whole time. Exactly. In, so, the, in, the, in the vault. So reserve requirements of the bank could be, it could be an issue for debate going forward because they're super low. But to the bank's defense, they so you walk into the bank and you put your ten thousand dollars in there on deposit, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm going to get a half of one percent." <laughs> you're walking out. Somebody else is walking in. They're going to buy a car. They're going to turn around, and take take nine money, nine thousand yeah. five hundred of that ten thousand, and they're going to loan it right back out to that individual. But they're going to pay six percent for this car loan. Mm-hmm. That's how a bank operates. So. They do have reserves, and just like uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, their reserves were in U.S. Treasury bonds. So here's the backlash, in a sense, um, and you're going to see, you're going to hear and see for the next weeks. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, you're going to hear that it's so and so's fault, and so and so, and they're pointing fingers, and everybody's talking about it. The issue is this: is a bank with their excess reserves, so that extra cash that they're not going to loan out, they buy U.S. Treasuries with it. The Federal Reserve has been raising interest. We're on, I think, rate hike eight coming around the corner here in the next couple of days. <clears throat> and so what takes place is every time that they raise rates, the U.S. bonds that you own, the Treasury bonds, lose value. So bonds in, work inverse of interest rates. Every time it goes up, the price per bond drops. You make more of a yield, but the price still drops. So Silicon Valley Bank has a run. They got cash sitting in a drawer. The run shows up. These people are asking not far two hundred and fifty thousand, but a hundred and thirty-seven million. Yeah, um, Roku, which is the TV, um, had a hundred and seventeen million in there, and they wanted it all. And they want it all, and they want it now. 
So when that happens, their cash on hand goes out the door. And then as the redemptions get bigger, they have to go and literally sell their treasury bonds in the open market. But they're taking a loss on them because they've gone down in value. Oh, man. So it's like a double whammy. And when those bonds are gone, boom, the bank's insolvent. And that's exactly what took place. So what causes a run on the bank? I can't imagine that this is just a coincidence that Peter Thiel uh, from PayPal and Roku were just like, oh, we, we just so happen to need $150 million <laughs> this week. So someone saw smoke somewhere, and they won't say who, and somebody else yelled fire. And literally it was game on. And that's exactly how it starts. That I mean, is, me as a person, if someone said, hey, Josh, your bank might not have enough money when you go to take it out, I'd, I'd be the first person there. Exactly. So there was a senator, and I wish I would have remembered, broke down his name. But what he actually came out, I don't know what side of the aisle he was on. He came out and said, oh, anybody that says anything about a bank should be banned from social media because that helps push these bank runs. So, again, I mean, you know, I don't even know if it is true, but you can't yell fire no. in a crowded theater. <laughs> you know, I think that's exactly. illegal. I yeah. don't really know if you can get prosecuted S- for that. But same um, thing here. Same thing here. But yes. but then you start running into free speech and all that yeah, stuff. But again, on Wednesday, this was last Wednesday. This was a perfectly sound bank. There was nothing wrong with it. Um, Thursday, I think they st- said that it was like thirty-seven million or thirty-seven, yeah, thirty-seven million dollars of redemptions in an afternoon. So when you start looking at that, that's huge dollars going out the door. Again, this wasn't your average bank, so they didn't cater to the I say the average Joe. These are major corporations, and then the Federal Reserve is basically going to backstop, and so. FDIC only covers 250. And so if you got 117 million sitting in the bank, but yet the feds are going to back your money, you go, whoa, wait a minute, that's not fair. But here's here's the bad side of it. Let's say the Federal Reserve came in and or the feds came in and said, we're not going to back it. They're on their own. Have a nice day. We're not going to bail anybody out. Exactly. So Roku's 117 million they got sitting there. Was that payroll? Was that to pay vendors? You don't know. Um, and it probably was. So the, the chain reaction is if they don't back that bank, literally then nobody gets paid. That's a huge issue. The uh, the vendors don't get paid. Yeah. So now you have Wall Street companies. just hit Main Street. And it just starts the snowball effect. And that's what happened in 2008. Literally, it was a credit freeze. One bank looked at the other bank and said, we're not loaning you money overnight. Have a nice day. Boom. And it was game on. And the whole system is set up on people loaning money out, yes. money <laughs> exchanging hands freely. Yes. And if people start you know, closing the vaults it, and tightening their grip. It becomes a huge issue. Yeah. Huge issue. Yeah. And then Signature Bank, basically out of New York, had the same issue. Um, Signature Bank out of New York is one of the biggest uh, crypto. Not that they deal in it, but that's where the money flows through. So you put your money at Signature. Signature then wires it back off to one of your different cryptos that you're buying. It's the exact same setup. So, um, again, it was a run. There's a couple other banks. Um, and you say the average person, honestly, <clears throat> really won't see the effects of this. Um, but where they will see it is if you got money in the markets, um, anything in the banking sector and are the financial sector, 
your 401k, your IRA, your brokerage account, you're going to see a hit because the share prices of even JP Morgan, U.S. Bank, some of the big regional banks dropped 25, 30%. Yeah. Um, but my retirement only takes a hit if, I, if it goes down and I take it out now. If you sell it, it's a real live loss. Mm-hmm. So, again, the bulk of these banks, I mean, you know, are, are financially solvent. It's not that, you know, they're, they're, they don't have the cash on hand. Now, again, if you went to the bank and you walked to your local bank and you went in there tomorrow or Monday and said, I want $10,000 cash, they'll say, oops, sorry, we don't have it. We have to order it for you. It'll take a week to get it because that's the reserve level of the banks. They don't carry much cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really don't. Mm. So um, when we get into this cashless society um, where everything's on a card, it's all computer computer transactions. So again, at the end of the day, um, not many people walk around with a, a wad of cash. <laughs> they can wire it just like when I yeah. went to buy my house. They can wire exactly. it, but if I wanted cold hard cash, it they might really have doesn't to, exist. Yeah, they um, have to get a Brinks truck scheduled. Yeah. They'll schedule drive it, it over. and it's like secret. And they'll say, "Oh, we'll call you when the truck shows up." Yeah. You know? Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Don't tell anyone that you're coming here. You know, and yeah. weird stuff. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm, let's go into U.S. Treasury bonds. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but um, interest rates are going up, so the bonds are going down. But what happens if this bank run happened two years ago? What happens if this bank run happened two years from now? It would. Uh, well, it would, probably would have been okay two years ago. Because the Fed didn't start raising rates until February of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get my years right. Um, so we're just a little bit over a year of the increase in the interest rates. So a year ago or a year and a half ago, those bonds would have been at, at market or at par. So they wouldn't have taken the hit. I think they said it was like a $35 billion hit by selling those bonds in the open market today. Mm. So. Again, the trick is, is when the Fed raises rates, it is inverse to the share price of a bond. It will go down in value. But if you own a two-year treasury, and as long as you hold it to maturity, it will come right back up to where you, the par or the value you bought it at, and it's a no-brainer. Mm. It's super simple. But um, these bonds were, what, these were 10-year bonds well, these or were, something? I would, I well, heard. they didn't really say exactly what they're sitting on, but we're going to assume that it's a five-year longer bond. Um, so it had a little bit more to go to maturity. Yeah, um, but they were forced to sell. They were forced to sell, and they didn't have a choice. Before they hit maturity, yeah. and that's that's where the hit came. Exactly. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, what causes a bank run? I guess they're still kind of looking into it. Someone saw smoke. It's, yeah, somebody saw smoke. They, won't, they haven't said who. <clears throat> somebody saw smoke. It could have been something they saw on a financial. It could have been something that somebody said. And somebody else yelled fire, and literally it was game on. Everybody ran. Roku and Peter Thiel first in line. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that makes sense to us. And and how that pertains to Main Street, well, if Roku can't pay payroll, you know, most of the people on their payroll are working stiffs like you and me. Exactly. So that's a huge issue. So it's good that they backstopped it. The only, and again, without getting any, I don't want to get any politics into it, excuse me. But Biden came out and said no taxpayer dollars will be used in this bailout, which I find that hard to believe. Uh, yeah, um, the government it, doesn't have money that isn't taxpayer exactly. backed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, we're going to go to this fund over here. Well, how'd that fund get paid? Well, 
taxpayers. So, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like he was kind of, you know, blank if he did and blank if he didn't, he had to make sure that they were made whole. Um, Whether or not the statement on, you know, taxpayer dollar is true or not, I I find that hard to believe. But it's good that they did that because what that did was that will stop any other runs on these future runs. Yep. All right. Thank so. you. Well, it makes sense to me. And uh, if anybody needs any further explanation, give Jeff a call. Oh, give me a call. <laughs> I'm sure he's got plenty of time to talk about this stuff. Sure. We're a month away from tax time, but uh, he can make time for you. 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. And if you do need an extension, let's get into it uh, in the next segment. But if you do need an extension, uh, you can file for that. If you do need a payment plan, you can make a payment plan request, but just don't forget about your taxes. No, don't. don't. Please don't. pretend, <laughs> well, I don't have money to pay for it, so I'll just pretend that it's March 15th yeah. and not April 15th. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, Ides of March, we already passed that up. You yes. missed your opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you still have to pay your taxes, whether or not you can afford them or not. You have to give them something. Yes. Or you have to set up a payment plan. So. If you need help with your taxes, whether it's just getting them paid or finding out if we can do some sort of extension, Jeff is your guy. 636-394-5524, Capital Advisory Group. And while he's looking at your taxes, he can also look at your finances and your one-year, two-year, five, 10, 15-year plan and say, we could save you, I like to say keep you. Yeah. We can keep you more keeping, money. Is that proper grammar? Yeah, keepings. We can keep you more money uh, in your pocket just by doing some things that the federal government has written into the tax code. It's just we don't know it's there because, number one, I don't speak taxes. It's all Greek to me. And number two, I don't do math very well either. So, Well, that's a, a, a big chunk of it. Math and reading taxes, that's normally what – uh, is basically at stake here. Uh, and since I don't do either one of them, I'll just let Jeff take care of it. 636-394-5524. I'm coming to see you on Wednesday night. That's right. So be ready. Have the We're ready. Yes. filled. Uh, we'll go to commercial <laughs> break. Come back. Talk taxes. It's uh, tax season. So what do we need to know? There's a kitty tax out there. How to auto-proof your charitable contributions. Uh, funding a 529. All of this stuff is there for you. We'll talk about it. In the next segment, keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall on the Big 550 KTRS. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550 KTRS, back to keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. And Jeff, let's talk taxes. It is tax time. Let's uh, get in to the nitty gritty as uh, someone are people still like I I haven't come in and seen you but uh, I'm doing it on Wednesday yeah but I've got stuff prepared you mm-hmm. know you sent us the checklist we did our taxes yeah. with you last year so we got a thing in the mail saying here's what we need this year mm-hmm. we're going to be ready to go yeah. um, but do people still come in on April 10th and say hey uh, can you can you do my taxes? Yes, you know? and they get an extension. And they get... <laughs> well, so okay, I think, that makes sense. Yeah. I think ours is, uh, don't quote me on this, maybe April 7th, Monday the 7th, if we don't have everything in technically. I mean, we'll do our best to get it filed for you, um, but kind of expect to get an extension. Yeah, um, and, there, and there's nothing wrong with an extension. By, it doesn't 
people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want an extension. It raises a flag to the IRS. No, it does not. The only thing that you have to worry about is if you owe taxes or owed taxes in the past, you need to make a payment to go along with that extension payment. Um, that just keeps them from digging you for underpayment penalties or failure to file or anything like that or failure to pay. So again, because if you don't file, they ding you. Yes. There's a fee there. If you don't pay, they ding you they ding as you well. There too. <laughs> uh, and if you're not filing, you're probably not paying. Yes. So now you've been dinged twice. twice. Yes. So and and on top those two interest on what you oh, owe. Oh, interest, right. And so the interest rate is not cheap anymore. Um, again, we were kind of guilty of in the past. You said, eh, you know, the interest rate's only like two percent. Yeah, I'll pay it. Time value of money. You know, what could you do with that money while you're you know waiting to the exact last day to pay the tax? Um, today you can't do that. Um, interest rate I think is five four point four point eight or five percent a quarter. It's a huge number now. So. Wasn't, wasn't the interest rate at some point, I said this to Heidi uh, last week, wasn't the interest rate negative at one point? Technically it was. In the past um, couple of years? In the past couple of years, probably two years ago, three years ago, it technically was negative, but you cannot publish a negative interest rate. But it right. was zero. So if I didn't pay the government, they would, the it, n- negative interest rate means they were paying me money. No. <laughs> Good try, but right. um, it was still like 1.5 or 1.2% a quarter. Um, so, but when you get a zero interest rate, that's still kind of big. But again, time value of money, what could you do with your money while you were kind of waiting until the drop dead date that you had to pay it? Um, you know, it was like, eh, you're okay. Today, you cannot do that. No. Because you can't make money in the market. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, you can't make the money that we used to make in the open markets on a consistent basis. It's very, very spotty now. Um, and so, again, with a 5% interest rate on a quarterly basis, that turns out to be a lot of money it's at the a lot end of, money. of the year. So yeah. pay Just the tax. <laughs> pay your taxes. Yes. You know, don't bury your head in the sand because you're going to get dinged with multiple yes. fees and then you're going to be charged interest. Yes. So if you can't pay your taxes now or you think you can't pay them now, well, after all the fees and interest, you definitely aren't going to be paying. Exactly. So, exactly. You know. So if you if you can't, so again, that extension, um, you could file an extension at any point in time. We typically don't do that until that last week of tax season to see, you know, maybe we're still waiting for data. Um, maybe we can't find the data. We have to ask for, you know, new forms to be issued. You file an extension. If you get a refund, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Um but if you owed or we think you're going to owe, we'll have you pay a little bit with that extension. But extensions are not, they're not bad. Um, they really aren't. They're there yeah. for a reason, and that is to round up paperwork. Yeah. They don't make you look lazy. They no. don't make you look, yeah. No, not The at government all. doesn't care. No. As long as by that extension time, the, the return is filed <laughs> correctly with all the payments. Yep. So. Uh, tell me about the kitty tax. Yeah. So and here's. This is a kids, not. Cats. Yeah, not cats. <laughs> Can't deduct your cats. I'm yeah. sorry. Nor dogs. <laughs> um, so this is something that's out there. Um, so a kitty tax, what the, the concept behind it is if you have a child under the age of 19 or a full-time student under the age of 24, um, basically they can earn $1,150 of what's called unearned income which is not where they don't, they don't go work for it, but this is dividend distributions, capital gains, um, interest. And basically they do not pay tax on that $1,100 or 1,150 bucks. 
Um, but if they make more than that, then the kiddie tax flips and it becomes whatever the parent's tax bracket is. So kind of a little trick, if you could play this right, that you take money, put it in your kid's name, um, not like they're going to take off and go buy a Harley um, when they're younger. Right. Um, but And you don't have to pay tax on it. It's that simple. So you could make earnings of eleven fifty or $1,150 as you go forward. Hmm. So just kind of a cool little thing you could use to your advantage, um, you know, as you go forward. And, so. and again, this is, I mentioned this last segment, this is something that's out there. Mm-hmm. It stays within the guardrails of yep. the United States tax code. We're not yeah. uh, doing anything illegal no. at this point. Yeah. But to do this, number one, I didn't know it existed. Number two, I don't know how to to do it to play the game i yeah. don't know how to so, put it in action in my in my own accounts yeah so it's on 1150 bucks is you don't pay tax on it the next 1150 is taxed at 10 percent. so you're basically at uh, 2300 bucks going forward yeah. but 2300 and in 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 more or above 2300 is taxed at the parents rates okay. so I it's mean, a matter yeah. if you kind of know dividend rates of maybe a stock maybe mutual fund park some money um, go from there. All right. Uh, use your kids. Yeah, Finally, exactly. Paying off. <laughs> um, audit proofing, charitable contributions. Yes. So the big picture. So one of the big things is in the past, and we've talked about this, you had a, what's called a non-itemization uh, uh, charitable contribution. So basically $300 single, 600 married, filing jointly, you just you got that deduction. That was kind of a COVID thing, and it's been taken away for 2022 doesn't exist in 23. So if we used it last year, we're not going to be able to use it this exactly. year. If you're counting it as, oh, we'll do that thing we did last year. Yeah. Well, or... now your tax return is <laughs> not going to be as big as you thought it was going to be. Exactly. And so that's one of the things that is causing refunds to come down um, is people are kind of counting on that. But this one is if you itemize um, and actually have these, we see it, you know, people send us all their receipts for their charitable contributions and, you know, all this stuff. But what you're trying to do is audit-proof those deductions. Um, and so basically what you want to do is any cash gifts that you give away, you want to be able to substantiate it. And what I mean by that is have a canceled check, have a credit card statement, um, an ACH debit out of your bank account, something that shows that receipt. Not just say, hey, I gave $1,000 right. a check. Have some proof. Proof and keep that proof. Um, and so... So you get to give away 60 or it's limited to 60% of your adjusted gross income. So you would be able to take a deduction up to 60% of your adjusted gross income for charitable contributions. And then anything that's left over will be drug out over the next five years that you get to use it up. So if you made 100000 and you gave 100000 away, you only get to use 60000 this year. And then the other 40 would carry forward over the next five years until it's taken care of. Um, but again, gifts over $250 or more, you need a letter from that charity saying that no goods or services were offered, so on and so forth. And that is real deal. You need that in your files. Um, and, <clears throat> and then as you go forward, if you have a property, so if you give a car away, um, I saw that you can give your boat away. Um. Right, cars, <laughs> boats. There's the the goodwill sign that says yeah. donate your car. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of places want, want you to give them your old car. 
If it's over five grand, it's over five grand. You need an independent appraisal, um, and there's a form that goes along. Oh, this boat's worth uh, forty thousand dollars. Exactly, gave it yeah. away. So but this boat with a hole in it. Yeah, <laughs> it floats as long as it doesn't go water. Right. Um, but yeah, so the the concept on that is you just you need a, a third party independent appraisal, um, and you also need a receipt from you know, Goodwill, whoever you give it to, with like the VIN number, what they what they think they can sell it for, et cetera, um, and that all has to go in your tax. And return. this is obvious; they need documentation. Yes. Okay. Yes. You, you can't just you know honor system. Some of these things. Yeah, because otherwise everybody would be giving cars away yeah. yearly. Um, <laughs> we gave away three $40,000 boats <laughs> last year. Wink. Yeah. Um, but, okay. But again, you've got to be able to itemize. to like. So we see every once in a while somebody that can't itemize gives a car away. That's great that they did it, but you're not getting a tax deduction for it. Um, just the, the, the kindness of your heart to give that away. Yeah. So. And we talked itemizing last week. It's mm-hmm. tough. I wish I had that kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, loose income um, lying around. Let's talk uh, five twenty nine plans because I got a kid. You yes. had you had kids. Yes, um, they're all grown now. One blew through all the five twenty nine money though. So, <laughs> so what? It, what is the five twenty nine? Let's just go back to the beginning and talk about what that is. Yeah. So five twenty nine plan is a program. It's state sponsored. So each state has its own sponsor, if you want to call it that. Um, but it's good nationwide. Um, so you put money into it. <clears throat> it's after-tax money that goes in. Um, the state of Missouri will give you a 5% state credit for putting money in, up to 16000 bucks. But the money grows tax-deferred, and as long as it is used for, I say, higher education, um, or one of the accessories that come along with it, room and board, you know, so on and so forth, it's a tax-free withdrawal at a later date. So a lot of people in the past were afraid of overfunding their 529s. You know, you you put money away, uh, your kid goes to a a four-year university. Can you use it at community college? Yes. Can you use it at trade school? Yeah, trade schools count, community college counts. Um, Used to say that it had to be as long as it was an accredited school. Um, so as long as they had accreditation, they were good. Yeah. Um, Today it can be used, and it could be used in, like, I've seen the – uh, for like the carpenters, I think they have a oh yeah, uh, like a like a program, like a, an apprentice program. Yeah. Sometimes it's paid for by the employer. Sometimes it's paid out of pocket by the the individual. Um, it could be used for that. So you're wait. We'll just say you put away fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for your kids' continuing education. Uh, they get a scholarship. Yeah. They get a full ride. Full ride. Yeah. They uh, go to the military, and then when they get out, they go to college for free. For free. Yeah. Under the GI Bill, mm-hmm. uh, that fifty thousand, maybe they only use twenty thousand of it. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, now I got thirty thousand dollars in this thing that uh, you know because my kid was smart or my kid yeah. served the country. Uh, you're, now you're, it's stuck in there. You're penalized in a sense to get it because you will pay tax on it plus a ten percent penalty to get it out. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, I don't want to overfund it. Well, with the Secure Two Act that they passed, I guess the. the December, January, can't even remember. There've been so many bills passed. Sure. Um, the Secure Act says, "Hey, there's one requirement. Requirement is as long as you've had the 529 for 15 years, um, what takes place is the up to the the age or the the contribution amount to a Roth IRA. So let's say you got to be over 50 
Um, under 50, you get to put six grand a year away. Over 50, you get seven grand into a Roth, okay? So let's say that you got $20,000, this excess 529 sitting there. You go, man, what are we going to do? All the kids are gone, done. You could take $6,000 a year and have that moved over as a contribution to a Roth for the student or the beneficiary of that IRA um, until up to a $35,000 max. When you hit that threshold, change beneficiaries. You change it to yourself, your spouse, other kids, and do the exact same thing. And that way you don't have to pay any tax and our penalties on the, the 529 withdrawals that weren't used for college or, or you know accredited schools. Yeah. So kind of well, that's that's a great idea. Yeah. You neat, know, it's neat like, little feature. Yeah. Why are you penalizing people for trying to save for their kids' futures yeah. at this point? The kid got a scholarship or the kids served yeah. their country. So uh, being able to convert that to a Roth in their name is a what pretty, a great idea. Hey, you did a yeah. great job and got your college paid for. Here's all that money. Now yeah. it's in a retirement fund yeah. for you. Yeah. You can only do it to, you know, for $35,000 max, um, lifetime max, um, and are it's six or seven, depending upon the age of the beneficiary. But if you got multiple kids, you can yeah. spread it out. Spread it out. Eat yeah. all three kids. The, the, only, the only trick or caveat to this is the 529 plan has to be 15. It had to be open, not contributions, just open, open for, 15 for 15 years. Well, Jeff, I better open it. Yes. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, when I come in on Wednesday, we'll open one. You could open it. Um, I think there's one for my, my youngest daughter might have a hundred bucks in it. That's been out there for a hundred years. Um, it seems like, but it's, it's been around more than 15 years. So, yep. well, that's good. And then if you wanted to contribute to a 529. Yeah. So most people, when they start a 529, it's like, hey, I need to put, you know, $300 a month away. Or we do this game. We go, what's cool? What's your alma mater? You know, is it Mizzou? You know, is it Truman? Wherever. And then we say, hey, based upon the age of your child, this is what it's going to cost you to go to school there or them to go to school there. And we have a software program that can project that. And then we set up yeah. the with the, the deposits to try to match that over time. $225 per paycheck. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it's a whole bunch. Um, but the, the concept behind that is you could do a, a one-time deposit to a 529 a lot of people don't realize this so it's your annual gift amount which you could give away seventeen thousand dollars per person per year no questions asked you never have to do a gift tax return but it's seventeen thousand dollars so you could do five times that seventeen thousand in a one shot or eighty five thousand dollars today one lump sum and basically fund that 529 and go forward from there now, the state of Missouri will give you a 5% deduction on the first 16000 only. That's it. So this is if you ever run into an inheritance, a windfall down the road, and you go, ooh, we got to oh, pay yeah, for school Oh, yeah, we got a bunch of money. Anyway. What can we do with it? Now Let's we dump can, it yeah, in a 529. Dump it in and use it for college. college. Well, we didn't save for uh, college, so uh, thank God Grandma died. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got money. Now you got the cash. And yeah. we can dump it in there yes. for that. And that's what grandma would have wanted anyway. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So these things are out there and I just, we're going to wrap up the show here, but I just have to remind everybody, I say it all the time. There are things that exist for you to take advantage of. The only problem is Jeff, I don't read the tax code. 
I don't know how to read the tax code. It's not don't like one to yes. <laughs> it's not like a summer beach read. It's very dry. It's um, very dry, right. and most of the pages, if not you know ninety seven percent of them, have nothing to do with me. So even the three percent of the tax code that pertains to me, yes. it's a tough, tough read. Yes. Jeff, on the other hand. Loves this stuff. Yes. <laughs> he reads it all the time. He eats and breathes it. And uh, right now he swims in it. Yes, uh, unfortunately. Because <laughs> tax time is upon us. So we don't know that these things even exist, let alone how to properly use them. Yes. That's why we need a person like Jeff, senior tax strategist, wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. We mentioned earlier in the show how beneficial it is to have your tax person also be your financial advisor. Yes. Jeff does it. Who's my tax guy? Jeff. Yay. Who's my financial guy? <laughs> Jeff. It's one-stop shopping. And on Wednesday night, I'll come and see you out in Ellisville. Capital Advisory Group. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. And the phone number is 636-394-5524. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. See you next week. Hopefully we all know what a bank run is now. Yes, yes. And wow. never experience it. It's in Fred's house and <laughs> Bill's house. Yeah, hopefully we never have to live through it. Thank you so much, Jeff. We'll see you next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Sufal, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.